Welcome to New Trier Performing Arts Stories. I'm Dwayne Burkhardt. The Second City Comedy Troupe is one of the most famous and prestigious in the world. It has produced legends like Dan Aykroyd, Gilda Radner, Eugene Levy, Andrea Martin, John Candy, and my guest today. Janet Vandegraaff has been a star of stage and screen for many years. And she was my very first co-star in my very first production at New Trier. Janet, welcome to New Trier Performing Arts Stories. Thanks, Dwayne. <laughs> this is really fun. Thanks. This is a fun opportunity to look back at a very happy time in my life. Uh, me too. And I'm so glad <laughs> to have you here. So one of the things that I usually start with when I talk to guests is how their experiences with the Nutri Performing Arts Department and the sort of very intentional uh, professional apprenticeship environment that they created there helped them in, in their careers. So how do you feel that your experience at Nutrier helped to prepare you for, for your career in performing arts? Well, certainly by the time I got into university, into theater school, like a, a theater program at university, I was pretty seasoned, right? Like the, the, the audition process was rigorous. The, 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 uh, the competition was fierce. <laughs> and so I, I kind of had a presence and a comfort with uh, that process with with both auditioning and performing that I think a lot of my peers didn't. So, that, um, you know, I kind of had an edge there and <laughs> started nice. off uh, ahead of everybody, I think. <laughs> and then, yeah. Cool. So uh, easy question. Well, it may, it may or may, it's easy question for me to ask. Maybe not an easy one for you to answer. Favorite performing experience at Nutrier and why? Hmm. Yeah, wow, that's a, that's a tough one. Um, I guess being a part of West Side Story was really uh, like that was really the first time I was like, OK, this is a really good show and I'm in it. You know, you know, <laughs> I'm it's so proud of that show. It's interesting that you would mention that particular show because uh, that that has not come up on this on, on this podcast before, but it has come up with with friends and in, in discussions before in that I remember just how into it everybody was with the yes. jackets and the whole i mean that's it really right. it was a it was a different experience so it really was because it was so cool right like everybody could feel right. cool and could get into the style of it and and we knew that this was like you know top notch you know high quality musical theater this isn't just you know oklahoma which is an excellent show right but, you know there's something special about sondheim and you know yeah. a show like that yeah so did you, um, uh, the question I asked uh, Audu Payton last week, um, did you prefer Gaffney or 182 in terms mm. of where you wanted to perform? Ah, well, Gaffney was certainly the plum to achieve, right? right? But right. I definitely had more interesting and varied uh, theatrical experiences in M182. Yeah, definitely had more. I liked of... the intimacy of the audience. Yes, that was what yes. was that was cool for me. That was kind of absolutely. What I, and 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 so uh, when you perform, I would assume that that is also when you perform on stage with Second City. There's a certain feeling of intimacy there with the audience as well. Yeah, for sure. It had a similar kind of a feel to it. M one eighty two was not fully in the round, was it? But like three quarter. What do it you? It was three quarter round, right? Correct. Three yeah. quarter round. Yeah. So we had that performance space in the middle. Um, so that was a little bit more intimate. But yeah, I definitely have over over the years preferred that kind of intimacy to a large um, arena kind of a theater. Right. <laughs> Gaffney was huge. How many did it seat? You know, uh, just over three thousand. Oh my god! 
gosh. That's yeah, crazy. and and in the opening podcast, I was telling uh, John Gian, who is sort of my new chair performing arts historian, is talking about Doc Peterman and how how the mm-hmm. program became what it became. But I one of the things I told him, and I'll I'll just mention this again, is I looked up the original bond issue in 1953 for the construction of the performing arts complex. Wow. It was five point eight seven five million dollars in 1953. In- Oh and so, my so then I went online and I found it. I found a uh, calculator, an inflation adjuster calculator, to bring that into twenty twenty two dollars sixty three million eight hundred thousand dollars. Whoa! So where did this money so, come from? Was this the government? Was this no? The, no this, it was a bond local issue. Taxes? It was bond yeah. It was a, it was a bond mean? issue? Just a, a just a issue? muni bond. And I and my guess oh. is you know they they went door to door to get this thing passed, and they they had this vision of turning Nutrier into what it became, which was this sort of uh, you know, factory for producing all of these amazing and talented people, including you, of course. Uh, so, and and we'll come back to Second City because I, I mentioned that a moment ago. So you performed with arguably, you know, one of the most successful, if not the most successful and famous comedy troops in the world for five years. So the silly question, I guess, up front is it, one is, you know, how how you, that connects to your Nutria experience. But the silly question is, did the endless games of freeze tag and other improv games that that we used to play, did that help you or did that haunt you as part of that experience? <laughs> of course it helped. Of course it helped. You just kind of, you know, that's uh, games like that uh, teach you a, um, a flexibility and a um, uh, resilience in performing. You know, you have to be on your feet and you have to change and adapt as you go. So there's no, can't possibly be any harm in those games. <laughs> Nice. Yeah. So talk a little bit about Second City and, and what that experience was like for you coming in and, and when what the just kind of the, the overall environment. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, uh, I did the classes at Second City and then um, uh, there's kind of a, a system whereby you go through the classes and then you get into the conservatory program and then the conservatory program does a show and then you are seen by the producers. And so I did that whole uh, thing I, I I had finished my my uh, MFA at York University. That's why I was in Toronto, and my plan was um, to be to do Shakespeare because Stratford was so close by, and uh, I thought you know I was going to be a serious actor like I was at New, at uh, New Trier, <laughs> and uh, I I I was so naive thinking that I would graduate from you know this MFA program and then I would be immediately you know oh accepted with open arms into the the uh, you know the institutions and it just didn't happen that way so I realized I had to kind of make my own way and started taking those classes and then I was like I can do this and uh and, and it really did have a vibe that was very similar I don't know if it was so much Nutrier as my friends at Nutrier like Peter Leondis and Tim Walsh that we were always goofing around and doing voices and doing characters and and uh quoting lines from SCTV and things like that so it was kind of already Oh, and I remember Jeff Lazarus he just used to take me to the No Exit Cafe uh, in n- the north side of Chicago. And we would uh, see uh, Steve Carell uh, improvise with his little troupe there. <laughs> you know, it's like, wow. so we got, we, as a friend group, you know, we were kind of exploring those things anyway. So it wasn't completely new to me by the time I got to Second City. Nice. And so, yeah, so then I got into the touring company and toured all around Canada and then did the main stage show for uh, five shows there. Um, but yeah, definitely an ensemble kind of feeling. Again, that wasn't new to me. 
I already knew what it was like to, to work together in a cast and put on a show together and to write a show together, right? Lanya, and what, how many people, you know, by high school have written and produced and <laughs> orchestrated a original music? And that is, that is kind of one of the things that we, we do come back to often is, is how <laughs> this environment was so unusual and, and the kind of empowerment yeah. that was given to the students in, in, in this process and, uh, in creating again this a, a kind of mixture of an internship and an apprenticeship, and and the people that we were working with, whether it was the the Gills or or Mrs. Adams or or Toby Nicholson or whoever, that were you know these were professionals who were yeah. who had the goal of creating professionals. So yeah, they were demanding a high caliber. It was not goofing around and just hacking around on stage. Yeah, so even the comedy was taken seriously. Yeah. Comedy, what is it? Fred Gwynn said, dying is easy, comedy is hard. <laughs> Indeed. So um, we're talking with Janet Vandegraaff on New Trip Performing Arts Stories, and we're going to take a break. We will be right back. This episode of New Trip Performing Arts Stories is brought to you by I Relieve You, Sir. The life and times of Lieutenant Sh always happens on his watch Burkhardt, a sometimes harrowing and often hilarious collection of U.S. Navy sea stories by Dwayne Burkhardt. The book is available in paperback for $5.99 or ebook for just $2.99 at Amazon.com. Order yours today. And we are back. We are talking with stage and screen star Janet Vandegraaff uh, from Second City and uh, three seasons of, what was it, uh, History Bites and Canadian TV. Tell me about how you got cast in History Bites and what the show was like and what it was like to, to switch then to television and do something quite different. Yes, that was definitely new to me. Yeah, yeah. Although I'd had training, you know, in my theater department and everything, you know, everyone, but you can't really know what it's like to do television until you actually do television. Yeah. Right. Um, that was, uh, that came uh, out of Second City being seen at Second City by producers and, uh, you know, kind of knowing one, getting cast in one thing and that being produced by the same company. And uh, so History Bites was this uh, really cool sketch show about history. So the idea was like, what, what if, uh, television existed at certain eras in history. So like, you know, if, if, if there was television during um, uh, uh, the Civil War, what would what kind of commercials would they have? And, uh, and what would the newscasts look like as they update you on what's happening in the world? So, oh, my Lord. I would have loved really... to write for that show. That would have been so oh, much fun. Yeah, yeah. Oh, the writers were awesome. It was really, really tight. Yeah, it was, uh, it was a really fun show. And so sketch based. So, so that, that's why Second City was helpful. Um, to getting that. Okay, so I'm I'm going to ask a, a kind of a I have a comedy question, but it includes a, a confession and a little bit of a story. So hang with me <laughs> for just a moment while I go through this. So, so I always knew that you were a very talented actress, but I didn't. And as you you alluded to earlier, you said you know that you were much more of a dramatic actress at New Trier, and I didn't think of you as being you know a comedic actress per se, but you are. And the, an example that I will share with you that was one of the times when I went, whoa, there, you did a commercial for, I want to say it was, was it Hallmark Movie Channel like 10 years ago or something now? Was it, it was years ago now. Do you remember this? Oh, was Where it you for did, Harlequin? 
Harlequin, yeah, Harlequin, yeah, because you romances. were spoofing, you were spoofing romances basically in this commercial, right? Yeah, that's right, that's right. And it was, and I, I, I'm guessing my my wonderful late mother-in-law, who was a freak for Hallmark movie channels, and I, I'm thinking <laughs> this is where I I saw it, but, um, but I remember seeing this, and yeah, you're playing this kind of middle-aged mom character, and there's this you know hunky romance hero guy in there, and you are absolutely hilarious in this. And okay. and then I found, you know, the well, I mean, the physicality and your facial expression, it's everything about it. I thought, oh, my God, this is great. And then I found out that you'd done this stuff with Second City. And so my question after all of that is kind of a buildup is, did you know that you were as funny as you are or and 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 did you kind of have to show other people that you were funny or did other people kind of know you were funny for you and say, hey, Janet, guess what? In addition to Shakespeare and all this other stuff, you can be really funny too. Let's show you how to do this. How did that, how did you discover the funny in you? Well, I think I I started to become a class clown when I sort of reached that, those kind of awkward junior high years. And I realized that that was my kind of way of, um, I don't know, getting social social acceptance was to get make cracks in the back of class of Mrs. Grainer's class and get people to laugh. <laughs> and so I kind of developed that skill. And then, um, yeah, and I always did comedy, but there was a part of me, I think it was very much to do with, um, very much fostered by my uh, being in Mrs. Adams' class, Suzanne Adams' class. The work was taken very seriously. Mm. And there was a real respect for the art of acting and for the theater and the literature of theater. And so I did take it very seriously. And I, and I, I remember her saying, you know, Shakespeare is the Olympics of acting. So I was like, yes, I'm going to do that. <laughs> I am an actress. <laughs> and, um, uh, but then, yeah, I always, I, I also had this love of comedy and, and I would, I found eventually that, you know, I, in life too you know you, you look for the humor and that's kind of where I tend to go anyway as a person so may as well embrace that and <laughs> well Mrs. Adams uh you've mentioned several uh, by the way you mentioned Tim Walsh earlier he will be one of our guests in a couple of oh, weeks great. and yes. I'm still hoping to get uh Laz uh Jeff Lazarus mm -hmm. on, on our show as well but Mrs. Adams will be a guest here in a couple more weeks oh, and so good. she is of course the big get and 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 is <laughs> literally mentioned in every single one of uh, of of these shows, so that kind He's, of tells you the kind of lasting a very, impact. Very, very yes, a very strong presence in my the, life. The monarch of the program, kind of thing. I think is the way I would in, refer. Well, to in a way, you know, the mother of the program. To Toby Nicholson for me was also the sort of the you know the father of the program too. Like between Indeed. them both, they 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 really kind of complemented each other. Suzanne had this very, you know, serious look at the craft and the method acting and Toby mm -hmm. had to really look at the craft of the craft of dancing and singing and and you know projecting and and between the two of them it was, they were a great team for for learning about acting <laughs> all that it is it's funny because of course Toby also cast the two of us and I that was I thought an incredibly bold thing for for him to do at that moment so two freshmen yeah <laughs> wet behind I mean, the ears it was just parents. so that just really that 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 was mind-boggling to me. So, so we reached the the part of the program here where I get to tell you what I remember about you. So, and, and obviously this is a little bit unusual because you and I 
actually got the chance to to work together. And that was that was really special, in fact, because it was and it was right out of the gate. I mean, we were both 14 years Ooh. old, literally <laughs> had been at Nutria for a couple of weeks. That's right. And, it was the first show uh, of the year. Very first show of the year. Toby Nicholson out of his mind, I think, to cast two freshmen uh, in in the roles that that you and I had in this in the show. And but what I wanted to tell you about what I remember about you was I knew immediately, like literally from like the day we met, even at age 14, it was obvious to me that you were one of the people who was going to go on to a professional career as an actress. And oh, nice. and I, I don't want to say that that intimidated me because that's not right. But it what, what it did was it it motivated me because even just for me, just going to Nutrier had been like my dream for years leading up to it. And again, we'd only been there for a couple of weeks when we met and, and started working together. And so for me, it was like this kind of this is the level of performers that you're going to be working with here. And so you need to bring the A game here every <laughs> single day. So so I think what I would tell you is that you you really motivated me to to work harder so that I could show audiences there, which are which have much higher expectations because it's Nutrier, mm -hmm. to to be a to to put in a better performance and to be a better performer. And so when I think of you, the first thing I think of is when when Janet's in the room, I got to step up and bring the A game now. So that for what just so you know, that's that's what I remember. <laughs> So, you know, I so. think I already had that sensation because my brother, uh, who was four years older than I was, he was already a star at uh, Nutrier. He had played the king in The King and I. And so I had seen all of his shows. And so it's like I knew what this was that I was jumping into that it was major. <laughs> so uh, to go back to the funny thing. When when you got to Second City, and because I see pictures of you, my, I told my wife this earlier. I said uh, I, I was talking about when I saw this picture of you in one of the comedy troupe pictures that that um, I've seen, like a headshot thing. And I said, I said, you got to understand, Janet, she's just really funny looking. And of course, my wife laughs. And I said, no, nice. no, I mean, I don't mean it like that. I mean, when you look at her, you go, oh, this person's going to do something and I'm going to laugh. She's obviously funny. <laughs> And so again, was that did did you feel like that was something that was always in you? I mean, you're talking about being the class clown of that was something that was always in you, and you just finally had the chance to like get that out, or uh yeah, very much so. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, definitely. It was it was definitely a part of uh uh you know, I would watch Carol Burnett's show and be like, Oh, oh I wish I could be that. And that was she was, yeah, that was the what we wanted to be, yeah. So um to, there were Saturday nights. I didn't go out because it was the Carol Burnett show. Yeah, I know. And that was that lineup, right? It was Mary Tyler Moore and then Bob Newhart and then the Carol Burnett show. Is that uh, what it was? I can't remember what the what the order was, but wow, that was an amazing lineup of comedy. When you were performing at Second City, did you find yourself studying the audience for what was working and what wasn't working? as you oh, do absolutely. shows. Absolutely. Yeah. Because yeah. we were writing out of improv. So we would try something out of improv. Uh, we would try to improvise a scene in front of the audience. And then we would know 
what to keep and what to cut. Does this work? Or does this not getting work? a laugh? Yeah, yeah. One of the things and that then I you learned... learn, like what's you know, there's different audiences who laugh at different types of humor, and you know, you try and <laughs> hit all those different levels of intelligence. And and I again, I assume that when you're writing with Second City, you can do things in the writers' room, but it's very different from the feel that you get in the writers' room versus the feel you get when you actually have an audience sitting out there. Absolutely. Yeah. Totally different. Yeah. What makes you the other comedians laugh is going to be very different from what makes the audience laugh. Right. Sometimes. Right. So, <laughs> yeah, but it, again, you know, there's that, there's that, there was always that sense of craft that, it, that this is a discipline. This isn't just goofing off on stage and wearing funny costumes. Like there, there, that was, I learned that early that this is a serious business. And that is, that is, I think that again, that's like the essence of what did Nutrier do? It gave you, it gave us, it gave all of us that essence, that base. So we have been talking with my my very first co-star and and a wonderful star of stage and screen, Janet Vandegraaff. Janet, it has been an absolute thrill to see you again and to have this opportunity to reminisce. And I will always remember you uh, as... Uh, <laughs> We get a lot of I remember mama jokes between us folks. It's the way it's just the way it goes. Uh, oh, but just... I I just uh, I'm so thrilled and so happy to have you here. And thank you for being on the show. Thanks for having me, Dwayne. It's good to see you again. Nutria Performing Arts Stories is a copyrighted production of Narratives Incorporated. It is written, directed, produced, and often painstakingly edited by yours truly, Dwayne Burkhardt. For more information or to suggest a guest or sponsor for our podcast, please email info at NutrierPADStories.com. And join us next week for the podcast that everyone in the Nutrier Theater community has been waiting for. It's a very special four-part Christmas interview with the legendary Suzanne Adams. The episodes will be released on December 22nd, 23rd, 24th, and Christmas Day, December 25th. We look forward to sharing this special event with all of you. Thanks for listening. See you next time.